<sighs> well, I am very glad that it is a uh, a uh, tailgate weekend because I have stories for you. <laughs> CatsCorner.com podcast, CatsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, November the 10th. Oh, man, been a weird week. Um, <laughs> the Cavaliers coming off a, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to call it disappointing um, season opening loss to Navy 66 to 58 at home uh, last evening. Um, obviously, the football team's coming off of a bye week where, you know, Brandon Armstrong may play, he may not play, he's a game-time decision to play um, as they get ready to host Notre Dame on Saturday night. So lots to discuss. Uh, Cavaliers also signed a pretty uh, impressive um, recruiting class today um, on the first day of uh, the signing period. Um, Four really quality additions to the program, um, which I think will probably factor into the basketball discussion we're going to have here in just a few minutes. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, up in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's going all right, man. I was Neckle kind of stole my thunder, but you know, the last two times I've watched Virginia play, they've given up 66 points um, and lost both times and after my bedtime. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, been better. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. And uh, up in Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on the program. How's it going, my dude? It's going. <laughs> yeah. Um, never disrespect our nation's Navy. That's the only thing I have to say. <laughs> At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Uh, Damon is um, out tonight. He has a head cold. Um, on assignment. He's, he's, right. He's on, a, he's on a special assignment, which means taking NyQuil and going to sleep. So hopefully he feels better. Um, you can send your, your, uh, well wishes to him. Um, but hopefully he, uh, he feels better because, uh, obviously a big weekend coming up between Friday night's basketball game and Saturday night's football game. But before we get to any of that, let's talk about last night's basketball game. <sighs> I, I think, I think I want to start the conversation here, which is in the pantheon of things that we thought were, was going to happen, Virginia getting out rebounded, um, 35 to 30 and losing, by eight, the Navy at home when Navy didn't have a couple of its you know better guys. I don't know if that was on my list. Uh, you know, I'll leave that up to you guys. Dave, let's start with you. How even now, twenty four hours ish later, has it sunk in yet that one Virginia actually opened the season with a non conference loss, um, but at home. But then two, the way that it happened. Um, how is it? How is how is it all sitting here twenty four hours ish later? <laughs> not not great, Brad. Um, look, I, I know Navy was a, a decent program. I thought Virginia would pull away, especially playing in front of the fans for the first time. Like I thought there'd be energy; they'd really be into the defense. And to be honest, like 
the atmosphere kind of sucked. The effort, the first half, most of the first half sucked. The effort, the last five minutes sucked. Like it, I was very surprised. Um, like we, we knew this team had a lot of unknowns. Um, and you know, it's, but I, I didn't, I didn't expect the, uh, the shooting to be as bad as it was. Um, and maybe that's my fault, but, um, yeah, it's not sitting well just because what I saw last night, like the defensive stuff, I think you can work out, but you still got to score the ball. Um, and what Navy did that last five minutes, just going to a simple zone. Like I just thought back to the good Virginia teams. Like you saw a zone, you salivated. Like we're just going to, we're going to throw it to the free throw line and burn them up all day. Um, and they just went cold and it made you start questioning, like, well, who's going to step up? Who's going to make this shot? Um, so to me, like, I mean, it's one game, like I'm hoping, hoping I see some changes, but it definitely sh- showed some, some warts that if they don't improve, like, I don't know if this team will be bad, but the ceiling is not as high as I expected it to be. Um, unless, we see some of the significant improvement. I know that's a great overreaction over one game, but um, like we knew outside shooting was going to be a question and it kind of reared its ugly head in game one. Yeah. I, I think that it's fair to I, look, I, I'm not a big like indictment of the program kind of person, right? Um, is anybody who's listened to the show with any regularity knows we are typically pretty, you know, even keeled on these things. Um, and, and I'm not going to to say, like, the season's doomed or anything crazy like that. But I think it's fair to look at what you saw on the floor last night and say, okay, what is what is that, right? What Where, where does it, you know, because there's this, you know, Bronco talks about this, right? And Tony's to some extent, too. Like, the idea that like, you really know, don't, you really don't know what's going to happen until the team gets on the floor or on the field, right? Unless you see them in action. Now you've seen them in action. You see the way the pieces do or don't fit together. You know, some of the warts are easier to to focus on, right? And some of the maybe potential solutions that you thought were going to be obvious maybe are a little bit more cloudy. And so I think it's fair to look at what happened last night, to look at sort of the way it all went down, right? Um, you know, Gardner has a, you know, a double-double, 18 and 10. He's 7 to 13 from the field. Um, you know, Kihei Clark was in double figures, but Virginia's scoring punch just wasn't there. Uh, Shedrick was 3 of 5 from the floor. Cousin Armand was 2 of 11. Uh, he hit a 3 late, but... Otherwise was was over um, seven, or excuse me, over six from the from the, from deep until that point. Um, like I said, they were out rebounded. The only thing that kept them in the game were they you know they were getting turnovers and turning those into points. Um, but what's funny is is that even still, Navy still had a better points off turnover number, twenty two to twenty. Um, and so I think if you look at this team in the big picture, Ferber, and you look ahead, right? It's 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 fair to say, okay. Some of this is going to tighten up. Defense in the second half was much better than defense in the first half, for example, right? These are primarily a lot of new pieces trying to fit together. It's going to take a little bit of time, and that, I think that's reasonable. But to Dave's point about the ceiling, um, I think it's, you know, it's understandable if folks come out of that experience last night and think, man, the ceiling for this squad is not what I thought it was. The question now is what is it? Um, in, your, in your view, at least sitting here today, 24 hours you know, or, or so after – the opener, what is that ceiling? It, 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 how how true to what we're going to see over the course of the season was last night versus what you think this team could be? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, uh, there is the – it's just the one game thing, you know, and that's definitely true. 
uh, you know, they could put this one in the rear view. You know, we could be looking back in a few weeks and be like, hey, they're fine. You know, there's no issues. Um, but I mean, I don't think that's going to be what happens. I think they're going to have some struggles along the way. And, you know, the, the thing that's giving me confidence that they can turn it around is because they've done it. You know, like they've done this time and time again now where they look sluggish early in the season. They can't do anything right or they have one specific weakness. And by January, they're on a six game winning streak. And, you know, we've forgotten all about it. So I think that something like that will happen this year. But I do think that um, when you are as reliant as they are this year and were last year on the transfer market to find offense, you know, and just playing time for players, um, eventually you're not going to, you're going to have one of those years where, it, I mean, we talk about this with the football transfers all the time. You're going to have one of these years where like, it doesn't quite pan out the way that you hoped. And last year, I think they got pretty lucky with what they got out of the transfer portal. You know, Hauser was everything that we pretty much thought he would be, even though he kind of had a slow start. Um, and then uh, Murphy played when we didn't even think he would and, and ended up being a lottery pick basically. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that it worked out last year, but this year, you know, you're relying on Kihei, Reese and then a bunch of guys that didn't really play much last year and then new guys. So I think there's just a lot of like growth potential with this team in terms of like where they need to go. Um, they do need to find some outside shooting because you saw at the end of the game, they kept trying to get in the lane and, and Navy just clogged up the lane and just wouldn't allow them to make extra passes or everything was contested um, because they just weren't respecting the outside shot. So, and a lot of those, you talked about Franklin having a really bad shooting night, um, most of those shots were open because they were letting him shoot them. Um, and, you know, hopefully he'll turn that around. He shot almost 43% from three last year. So, you know, I think maybe it's an aberration, but we'll see. Um, I think the ceiling for this team is about kind of where I expected it, to be honest with you. I think their ranking and preseason expectations are, are pretty spot on for where I would have them. Like, I think they deserve their respect to be a top 25 team based on what Tony's done every year in recent years um they were picked fourth in the acc i think that's fair given you know like where they've been and how they usually do when it comes to winning acc games uh but you know your reputation isn't actually going to win you any games so i think that this team can still be a tournament team i think you know it's too early to say otherwise um i'll have a better idea after they play a few more teams especially after they play houston next week um you know, like what the ceiling looks like. I think if they can't find outside shooting, their their ceiling is probably the the same as the team from two years ago that really just struggled to score, but were able to win games really ugly um, and and scratch out a bunch of wins. I think this team's better on offense than that team was. Probably not quite as good on defense, um, but I think that you know they'll they'll get it right. I just don't know if right is going to be like. I, they're certainly not going to be like. I don't see how this team is like a national championship type team, um, but you never know. I mean, teams can make deep runs, but I would say it's not honestly, like I probably just underestimated Navy because I, if you had asked me before the game, like, do I think it was possible that they could look rough? I would have said, yeah, but I would have been like, they're not going to lose to Navy though. Um, but yeah, that's what happened. So, I mean, they got to pick up the pieces and get back at it. Navy goes 11 for 21 day from three. Um, Virginia four of 16 one of those didn't come until late um, the the outside shooting thing it's there are a lot of times like this where you know not that long ago it was like well Virginia can't score in the post right um, and you know now it's like well that's the only place they really can score 
Um, but I think a lot of times in these situations, you know, especially coming off of like a limited sort of sample size, you know, the, the loudest voices sometimes, you know, harp on the wrong stuff. That being said, look, that zone, that little, you know, three, two matchup thing that, 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 uh, Navy threw at him last night. Um, it, it stymied them in a way that I frankly did not expect. Um, you know, Virginia turned it over like four times over the last eight minutes and some odd change. They were like eight, went like eight twenty one without a field goal. Um, you know, you, you're, you're, you're going to have, I mean, look, teams were going to play zone against them anyway, right? It's the best way to take, uh, to take away their biggest strength, which is, you know, Gardner inside, which we'll get to in a second. But the outside shooting piece, I'm look. If you think about the roster, unless you know McCorkle is going to start getting just some serious burn um, and and really take a leap, I, I don't I don't know how you really can manufacture that other than guys who are already out there are going to have to start making some shots. I mean, Franklin is, you know, you know he's clearly is going to have to be a linchpin for this. I mean, Gardner was brought in to do what he did last night, right? To basically be you know AG. Um, he's just a little bit. He's got a little bit more of a meaner streak in him. It feels like. Franklin was brought in to be somebody who could slash, get to the bucket. He's going to have to hit some threes. He's going to have to, you know, pull, you know, pull teams out of zones. He's not going to be able to do that by himself, but he's going to have to put pressure on teams. I don't know if it's the combination of Clark and Beekman together along with him. I don't know if it's a com- if it's a situation where they're going to have to play everything through Shedrick and Gardner, and they're going to have to find some answers just in that, um, that zone offense. But it's very clear to me that the outside shooting – it, it, it cannot be overstated. Um, how, uh, this is this is kind of unfair, but how realistic is it to think that they're really going to be able to turn that around given, you know, again, small sample size, granted, but we, you know, we have a good feel for what this, you know, what this roster looks like. I mean, maybe, you know, Tane Murray and, um, you know, McCorkle are just going to start getting a lot of burn out of nowhere. But realistically, like you look at the minutes, 38, 33, 37, 33, 23, I mean, it it seems fairly obvious who Tony thinks are the guys he can actually trust. Is it realistic to think that they can actually shoot the three ball better with any consistency? I mean, I I think they can shoot it better. I mean, last night was terrible. Yeah, Um, they were 416 to 25%. Yeah, I mean, it was not only terrible, it was passing up good three-pointers that, you know, maybe you could make because you still had the, you know, the carryover from the ones you missed. Um Look, I, I don't think they need to shoot it like the championship team did or like last year's team did when they were all on um, because this team's got more of an interior presence. They've got, you know, definitely Reese is, you know, he's Reese stepped up last night, showed he can he can dribble, drop, and create a shot. And, um, you know, Kihei can touch the paint and, and get that little floater off. And then, you know, Gardner's obviously going to do his work. So there's other ways to score for this team. But, look, I mean, I think – I'm guilty of it. Probably most Virginia fans are guilty of it, but I find myself like when I, when I'm thinking about what this, what our team's going to be this year, I, I try to like fit them into what the championship team had, you know, like who's the Kyle guy, who's the Todd Jerome. Um, like you can win without having a team like that. It's just, so I, I may, I need to stop doing that. And I'm sure there's other fans who need to as well, but the one constant when Virginia has got a good team is there is a, <laughs> there is someone who can shoot the lights out whether it's Brogdon or Harris or, um, you know, Kyle God, Todd Jerome, like you've got to have a guy to extend the defense. That's just the way the game is. No, no team's making a run without a three point shooter. So look, hopefully Franklin regresses back to what he was at, at Indiana, you know, more of a 40% shooter. 
Um, like, cause if he shoots like he did last night, then you cannot play him and Reese and uh, Kihei together. You can't like that. It might be good defensively, but you're giving up too much on the boards, um, which we saw some last night. And then, you know, they're not spacing out the defense. They're making it easier to double down on Gardner, um, especially when he's playing with Shedrick. So there's some, you, someone's got to hit the shot. And to me, it might, you know, Statman might be the guy. He, he looked confident in the one three-pointer he took last night. And he's been around a while if he could just stay healthy. Um, and I think he gives you enough size where you could, you know, you can do a little damage. Um, yeah, McCorkle, Tane Murray, someone's got to step in. Um, otherwise, you're just going to have defenses sagging down on Gardner. And, look, I mean, Tony, Tony, I think twice in his press conference last night mentioned like 15 feet and in which means he doesn't want Gardner shooting from outside of that. Um, so, yeah, some, something's got to happen. And like I said, you don't have to have a Kyle guy level shooter. You just need, you know, slightly, you know, two more threes last night. That's that game. The whole complexion of that game changes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is a so story yeah, I feel like we've, we've, we've seen before when it comes to UVA's offense, right? It's like last year was such an aberration, right? Where like three balls just flying out of, you know, from every different direction. Um, yep. but it's, it's funny how like there were a handful of seasons, you know, before the national championship run, obviously the one after it where you're like, man, two threes in this game would be huge. Um, now that group, as, as Dave said earlier, Ferber, that group played, you know, such crazy good defense that, you know, it could withstand some of these, you know, droughts. I, I don't know if this group has that sort of ceiling, but I, th- I thought that in the second half, you saw a lot more scrap from them. Um, I wonder how. Maybe the defense is going to be the thing that, like, in you know a few weeks, we point to and say, man, they really have tightened it up a lot. Because I thought that the jumps they made in the second half alone, um, just closing out on shooters, right? I, I thought that – I mean, I was I was not nearly as down on them in the first half as some. Um, but it was, it was clearly not, you know, maybe what I was thinking it was going to be. Um, but I thought as the game wore on, the defense got better. The issue I think that they have is they don't have a true rim protector. Um, you know, Shedrick – he hedges so well he can get down the lane, but you don't get the sense that he, you know, maybe because of the combination with him and Gardner, um, you know, you don't get the sense that he's really protecting the rim, if that makes sense. And Kafaro, I don't think he's he's much more of a bruiser. He's not really, you know, he's not Mamadi back there, you know, protecting the the the, the ten. It's it's a, it's much more of a it's going to have to be team defense, right? You're not going to wipe shots away the way you did with with Huff, the way you did with Diakite. Um, Franklin, obviously. I think, you know, if you look at it, I mean, obviously his, his shooting numbers were, were rough in this game, but when you look at, you know, plus minus, you know, he's, he wasn't that bad. Um, you know, he, he clearly gave them something. He had three steals, um, you know, and an assist, but he was not maybe what we expected him to be from Indiana in terms of the defense and in terms of his specific role in it. What's the expectation now for that going forward? I mean, I feel like he's got to be, he, he, I mean, he's if he's not going to be a scorer, he's going to have to be somebody who, you know, those turnover numbers have to keep. I mean, maybe they're not going to, you know, as a team, not going to have 12 steals in a game. But you're talking like seven or eight, right? Like you're going to have to manufacture some points from someplace. And I feel like as I watched last night, the one thing I thought was like, well, if this is something they can do with regularity, you know, it can actually help the offense. What are your thoughts on the the defense, um, specifically Franklin's role in it? And, 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 where, and how do you feel like that shakes out? Yeah, I mean, I thought he did some nice things. I mean, he he certainly like was late on a few threes early um, on defense, but I thought he had really good active hands 
um, force a few steals, like, and, and that did help them kind of like keep the game within reach for a while and, you know, give them a chance. But um, ultimately that's just not really what UVA does. Like, I mean, they, if they can force a few turnovers here and there, that's awesome. But like, that's not something they like really, they're never going to like lead the nation with like turnover rate or anything like that. Um, unless this year they do something different, but we, every year we have this conversation and every year they do the same thing. So um, I, I think for the most part, it'll be what we can expect, but yeah, I mean, I think they need to find a way to manufacture points. Um, if they're not going to have an offense that can shoot from the outside, um, they're going to have to find points in another way, whether that's getting out and running, which they did pretty well last night at times, um, or, you know, whatever, just getting to the free throw line. And they did a good job with that in the second half too. I mean, Navy had 10 fouls in the first 10 minutes of the half. Um, ultimately, UVA couldn't capitalize with some, like, free throws down the stretch, but uh, th- that's certainly an area where they're going to have to improve. Um, and, you know, what Franklin's role, I mean, I think he'll continue to learn in the pack line. He played the pack line in Indiana, so hopefully that'll help with the learning curve. But, yeah, I mean, it was good to see him make some good individual plays um, on defense. But, yeah, I mean, early on, th- there were some issues with some with some rotations on three on threes for Navy. And, you know, they got some good open looks, but um, they hit them. So, I mean, that was really the difference in the game. UVA's just got to find a way to, you know, counterpunch on offense. And I guess that yeah. starts with creating stops. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I thought their defense in the second half was fine. That was yeah. not the problem. Yeah. You can't give up 42 first half points in if you're only going to score 58 in a game, you know? I mean, yeah, and I mean, some of that Navy deserves some credit. I mean, they hit a lot of shots. Yeah. And you I know, mean, like, the Carter Jr. kid was, I mean, he was, he was on fire, dude. He was, I, there him. was a point, there was a point, or maybe a couple of points in the first half where they were on pace for 100 points. And it was yeah. like, well, I mean, like, it, it, it's easy to say, like, well, if they keep that up, then that's not good. And it's true. But I mean, you have to assume there's going to be a regression at some point. And there was. The problem was UVA couldn't score points in the second half when they needed yeah. to. Well, that's what I was going to say before we moved over to, to recruiting real quick was, you know, it's it's great that they held Navy to 24 points in the second half. I mean, you know, you're almost you're right. You're right there for a Tony, except UVA only scored 23. Right. And um, really, it was like 13 until like the very end. Yeah, you're right. Because It was like 55, 55 with what, like three minutes left. In yeah, the you, game can't, or something? you can't go yeah, that long without, five, yeah. without scoring. You know what I mean? Like you just can't. Um, and that's going to be it's going to be an issue for this team as they move forward. Um, speaking of forward, let's look at this recruiting class real quick. Um, obviously, a, a lot of talent that we, you know, I mean, look, basketball's different than football. You're not really typically, well, unless you're Pittsburgh, worried about a guy flipping um, or, you know, coming off the board this late in the process. But, um, you know, when you when you look at, you know, you get this many talented kids, Bond, Dunn, um, McNeely, and um, um, Trout, it... it it's funny to me how <laughs> this seems to work out where you, you, you know, there's a, there's this angsty moment for the fan base, you know, losing this game. And then literally the next day they signed, you know, one of what is it? I, I don't think they're technically a top 10 class on rivals. I think they're like 13th or whatever. Um, but I mean, that's a, that's a really talented group of players that Tony and his staff identified early, went out and closed um, about as well as they've closed any class, except for maybe 16. And even that one, you know, Dre's, you know, hung on. I mean, they had uh, Kyle and, and Ty early. Um, lost, um, um, what's his name? Who's, wow, I can see him. That doesn't help the podcast, though. Um, 
Who's the kid's name? Can you, can you give us a sketch of his face? No, stop. Um, the kid who was committed and then went to Kentucky. What was his name again? Come on. Sasha Kalejo. There you go, Sasha. So they lost him when when Huff committed, and 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 I don't. I will still never understand how Jay Huff chased that kid away. But anyway, I digress. This is a talented group. Um, Dave, how how happy are you to 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 sign this class the night you know the day after they lose to Navy? Like, does that help you know with the wound a little bit to know that there's a whole lot of talent? headed to Charlottesville in a you know short short amount of time I mean that's a there's no wound I just I just was upset about the game like we won a championship I, I said some prayers I can't have wounds anymore um but um, <laughs> you can't have wounds anymore I like that <laughs> yeah, no it's really I'm hard to get this worked up else we win this game um, it's also yeah. just really hard to get this worked up so early like you know there's so, like, many, it, like, there's so many games left I mean last year they played Towson in the first game and we thought they were the best team that's ever played basketball I legitimately listen. Like I have never overreacted like, more to a game in my life than I did that one. I legitimately yeah, and then they lost to San Francisco. And even when they lost, even when they lost to San Francisco, I wasn't like, "Up, oh, you know what? I was wrong." I was like, "Wow, that was really weird." You know, I just well, assumed they were going to always be, be. Yeah, this loss might not be any worse ultimately than that one was. I mean, yeah. Navy could end up being an NCAA tournament team based on how they played last year and how they looked last night. You know. It's just the timing. Like, you know, a lot of teams lost. No one's going to remember a month from now if you're better. It's just, you know, I think, you know, for Virginia fans, it's a tough loss because you're looking forward to basketball. You, you're hoping, you know, get to see him in person if you got to go to the game last night. And it just, it didn't quite hit what you, you know. And also, also I think the last time yeah. we saw him play was Ohio. Like, it's been. I think <laughs> you know, losing the opener hours. makes it a little bit worse just because, yeah, it is that first. Like, if this had been their, like, fourth game, it's like, well, that was a. A, you know, a terrible game, but it's like they're three and oh or whatever. Like, and there's nothing to compare it to really, you know? Yeah. But Tony probably had a pretty easy day pra- uh, at practice, you know, he probably didn't have any trouble getting God's attention. Um, so yeah, I, I expect him to come around. But as far as the class, like, look, it's a great class. We've, we've talked about it. Um, watching the team last night, I was a couple, I just, couple of on, guys. Wait, I, I just wish... love Dave's Dave's like, yeah, you know, there's fine. They're, they're really good. It's fine. Top 10, 15 class nationally. No big deal. Um, it'd be nice if a couple of them are available last night uh, to shoot the three ball. But <laughs> no, the only thing I was thinking last night was if Trevor Keels was available because God, don't even get me started. <sighs> man, <laughs> you know, like I don't know if you've ever seen a situation where it was like more one to one. Like there definitely been guys that they've missed on the past who had good seasons or whatever or good moments. But like those two things happening basically at the same time, you're just like, oh, dude, like this is. Rough. They also they also might have been a year late to Jaden Gardner. Because if they had him on last year's team, they would have been really good. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well. Trey Murphy would also help this year's team. Yeah. Um, well, that's, well, yeah. Usually, if you take a lottery guy and put him back on the roster, he's gonna. Yeah. Well, honestly, yeah. I mean, well, also, like, if you really want to game it out, if they got Gardner last year, Murphy might have redshirted. You yeah. Know? Oh, and then that's it's true. and then it's like you have Hauser shooting the three, and you have Gardner going to the rim, and you got a different Different. team. I did find myself wishing Sam Hauser had taken advantage of a super senior year last <laughs> night because he'd be a nice piece to add to this team too. He would be pretty perfect. Um, this is true. Yeah. He would be pretty perfect. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great class. And, you know, it's, I'm excited to see what they go. But, you know, if anything, last night, like, you know, Jenny's going to need to add some more pieces in the following class to kind of build this thing back up. Yeah. I mean, I think too, like, you know, one thing we didn't get to see, we, you know, you only got to see a few minutes of, uh, of Murray, right? He played two minutes. You didn't get to see anything of Igor. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of interest between those two guys, and certainly um, I'm intrigued to see what they can 
sort of bring to the table. Maybe not necessarily just this year, but in general, and especially when you add in the pieces that are coming. All right. Yeah, I think are, the fact that they didn't play kind of tells you something. Yeah, like, it tells you it tells you a little bit. Now that's now to be said. Now that's to be fair. Tony does some weird stuff, you know, at times. I mean, you know, he never really threw Jack Salt in the game like Ferber and I used to joke about uh, during his redshirt season because, like, at that point, Tony could, like, do no wrong. And, like, just put him in the game. See what happens. Just dare all the I just feel like to, with – Not to pull against I, you. I just feel like with younger guys, I mean, there's probably an exception that I'm not thinking of. It's either they come in and they play right away and we're like, this guy's going to be important, or they don't, and then yeah, they're not. That's true. Like, I think that's fair. Like, London Perantis, that first game he was there – it was like, oh, this guy's gonna like start. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And and people didn't expect that from him. Like when he got when well, he because he and Devin were in that same class, right? And everybody and Devin thought was Devin was gonna be the guy to play, and then you know he didn't. That's you know sort of fascinating. Um, all right, let's move to football. Cavaliers are coming off of bye week, a much needed bye week for a variety of different reasons. Um, it seems pretty obvious at this point. You know, at least there's a chance that Brendan Armstrong will play on Saturday night. I think. To everybody I've literally talked to, like every person I've talked to, said like, yeah, don't play him, right? Doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to at least have that conversation here because I think that it's, one, topical. But two, I think it's, it is it is the crux of the of at least this portion of the, the game preview, so to speak, right? Which is, if he's close, if he can play, should he play? Now, you have to look at the big picture, right? You've got Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech to close the season. Obviously, you know, where Pittsburgh is right now, I mean, I think a lot of people sort of smell blood in the water with them a little bit. Maybe the um, the, the shine is off that one. Maybe they're not quite as um, maybe unbeatable as they seemed. Um, and certainly you don't, I mean, you just don't want to put yourself in a spot when you have a chance at the um, the division. You know, you control your own destiny as much as I know people hate that phrase. Uh when you have that much control over what ha- what's going to happen to you, you'd like to think that maybe you want the guy as healthy as he can be going into the two games that matter. That being said, it's really tough. I think when you know he he you know you know he wants to play, especially in this game, primetime national television audience. Um, it's a big game. Um, contrary to <laughs> to what some of the folks uh, on Twitter might think, I don't think that his status played any role in them picking where this game went on TV. I think the fact is that the team on the other side had everything to do with where this game got put on TV, uh, probably too, and, and and sort of what happened elsewhere in the ACC. But anyway, um, let's start the conversation here. If Dave, let's go with you. All right. If you, you have to, you make the call. Let's say he's able to play, but he's not, he's not a hundred percent. You play him or no. So I've gone back and forth on this. Like initially my thought was like, look, there's no reason to play him. This game can't win you anything. Yeah, save him for Pitt and, you know, let him get healthy, save him for Pitt. And then I kind of went back the other way. Um, look, let's say he, you got to trust your medical staff. You know, Virginia's an amazing medical, you know, <laughs> medical staff who is going to, to give them the right advice. Um, so if they say he's not going to hurt himself more by playing, you know, not hurt the injury more by playing, then you, you play him. Because look, here's the thing: you could hold him out for the Notre Dame game to make him healthy for Pitt, and he could step off a sidewalk on next Monday and, and roll his ankle and be out. You know, you can't figure out what's going to happen. Um, he could come, you could hold him out, and he'd come into Pitt and get hurt the first series, and then you're right back to where you started. And you, you know, so I don't think you can make the decision based on which games are more pertinent. If the rule, if the medical people say you're not hurting, is you know 
if the medical people say, hey, keep him out a week, he'll be much less likely to get re-injured next week, then I think that's a different discussion. But saying the risk is no different, you play him. Um, look, winning the Coastal would be wonderful. Trust me, I, I'd love to do it. Beating Notre Dame on prime time would be good too. Um, so, hey, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, whatever happens, like I'm going to say, man, I wish I'd if he, if he does come, you know, if he does play and get hurt, I'll feel terrible. But um, I think if, if he's healthy enough to play, you play. Um, you take it's football. Yeah, there, you know, there's risk associated with it. So yeah. I don't think you hold him out just hoping he's good for a pit. Same question to you, Ferber. What would you, if you, if you, let's say he's close enough that he could play, but he's not 100%, play him or no? Yeah. Dave absolutely nailed it. Same answer I was going to give. It really depends on the risk for re injury. Like, if you say, hey, it's a pain management thing, he's probably not going to be his full self, but he's pretty close. Um, but it's really – it's just a pain management thing. Like, there's no increased get risk. Hurt, yeah. Well, it's, it, I mean, obviously he could get hurt again, but, like, it's not like he's at risk more than he would be otherwise. Right. right. Um, like, you know, it, it, like, if you play with a concussion and you get another one on top of it, you know, like, you're, you're, some, you're, in, you're in some, yeah, yeah, you're in bad shape. <laughs> um, or, like, knee injuries or whatever. I was gonna, um, uh, that's what I was thinking, too, was a knee where you're – Yeah, you if know, you play with, like, a sprained and, MCL, you can tear your MCL or quick, something. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think if that's the case and he wants to go, he can go. I mean, I, I know he wants to go, but, um, yeah, I think also, I mean, the only other thing I would add to it is, uh, what does he look like? Right. How much, yeah. Right. Like, how much time is like, if they're like, Hey, right? he, if they're like, Hey, he's banged up, like he's really sore and you know, it, he can play like there's no risk for re-injury or elevated risk, I should say. Um, he can go but then he's like out there throwing and it's like not, there's no velocity on the ball. It's like, maybe, maybe wait a week, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, and this is kind of how I felt all along. Um, I definitely understand the idea of like, Hey, saving for pit, this game's not a coastal race thing. Um, this is the biggest game he will ever play in or has to this point. I should say um, it's Notre Dame on a national stage, top 10 team at night at home. Um, lot to play for like and also not to mention his personal accolades that are in the balance right so uva just released a video like half an hour ago like trying to trot him out there for the heisman <laughs> so um i mean all that stuff sort of matters and and i think uh not to sound too sentimental but dave i mean i know you can speak to this you know like winning the coastal would be cool obviously like you don't want to throw that like you don't want to risk like throwing that away to win this game if it's like one or the other but college football like the way that people like talk about it and remember it it's about moments it's not always about like what you won it's about games it's about things that happen UVA beats Notre Dame we will talk way more about that than if they win the coastal probably in like 20 years um like I feel like that like those like individual moments matter um so I think that you know, you got to give him a shot if he wants a shot and can go. Um, but you know, if if he can't, then they just got to go to the next guy and you just got to do what you got to do. But, um, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, like it's hard to say, like, with if the doctors look at him and say, like, hey, he's good to go, but he can't throw, then you can't put him out yeah, there. But, um, here's my argument here. I mean, I, to me, this is what it ultimately came down to. And I can't remember who posed this to me, but look you know if you're worried about beating Pitt, then why are you playing any starters against notre dame yeah <laughs> yeah 
Well, so okay, play the that's, game, right? Okay, that's that's a little that's a little much. All right, no, let, it is, me, but it's the same gonna, thing. Um, like you're risking someone. No, that's fair. So, that's yeah. fair. All right, let let me do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really obnoxious, and I'm gonna basically argue. I think pretty effectively both points. Right. On the one hand, Ferber kept talking and like legitimately <laughs> stole everything I was gonna say because yes, this is a this is the biggest game to to this point in his career. I mean, unless you want to throw in the you know the the little bit of time he got in the orange yeah. or whatever. Well, no right. disrespect to some like high school rivalry at Shelby yeah, High fair. School or yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, no, no shade, right? Um, but you know, this is a top ten team, national TV audience, and also the moment of his season, right? Where he is, you know, he is just off the lead in national passing yardage. He's doing something a Virginia quarterback, you know, hasn't done since you know, ever. I don't know. Um, I certainly never expected Virginia to be in this spot. And frankly, you know, the reality, too, is that, man, you know, this is the kind of game, whether we like it or not. I mean, and people love to bang on Notre Dame and, you know, talk about how overrated they are and stuff. But, like, realistically, like, he puts up a big game against them in this spot, and that's actually the thing that can move the needle. I mean, we've been talking for a few weeks, right, about – you know, national lack of respect and da, da 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 And the reality is, is like, this is the game. This is that, that moment. And as a playmaker who, you know, a dude who, who has a fiery side, I can promise you he's going to do everything in his power to play if he can. Right. I think all of that is a compelling reason as to why you should, you know, you want to play him. However, on the other side of it, right. You've got the reality that this is not just a division championship guys. Like they, if this is as close yeah. wide open as the ACC has ever you been. You can actually win. You could actually the win the damn thing, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, it's a cakewalk. I'm just saying it ain't Clemson with Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence, right? It, this, you know, Peter Warwick ain't coming through that door, right? Like, this is a different season, and it probably will not be as this wide open in whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's a thing. And I think you – you have to be mindful that that's a thing because yeah, you, you beat Pitt and you beat tech and you put yourself in that game. You you could legitimately, you could, you know, you're going to get wake Forest, Okay. Like wake is, you know, wake obviously laid waste to UVA earlier in the season, but realistically, you know, that's not the same thing as playing some of them Clemson teams, man. Like you could actually go out and win an actual ACC championship. Talk about a program changing situation. You know what I mean? So I'm not, so I'm not saying I'm not saying that the moment doesn't matter. It does. And I'm not saying that, you know, where he is and, and everything, like, it, it does. But at the same time, there's a lot more that goes into it. And that also could be, you know, the reality if he plays in an extra game, he could still achieve those kinds of things, right? Um, it, it's it's a tough call. I think ultimately it comes down to you you play who you can, right? And if he's healthy enough to play, if he's healthy enough to get practice time and he's healthy enough to run the game plan – you know, his, you know, whatever percentage he might be, if he, if that's better than playing Jay Wolfolk the whole game, giving him all of the the reps with the ones all week, then I think you play him and you trust him to keep himself out of situations. You trust your offensive line to keep him out of bad situations. And, you know, you sort of have to figure it out. Um, but I, I don't, I just, I don't, I just want to make sure we don't lose sight of the fact that it's not just the coastal. Like, this is not like a, oh, we won the Coastal, it's great. No, man, you could actually win the actual ACC championship. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but that would be, I mean, that's a heck of a trade, you know? I, I would I would love to see the kid go out there and just ball out of control against Notre Dame and put himself on the national stage in a way that he deserves, because he does. But at the same time, I'm like, man, it's the ACC championship. I mean, you know, like, that's that's legit. But 
in there is another of, factor in this, and it's what's that? How, what do they think of Jay Wolfolk? Well, that's a good question. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, we saw him a little bit against BYU. Obviously that's not the, the best situation to be thrown into, but um, you know, he's had two weeks pre- pre- presumably to prepare, um, you know, going and it's like, this. if they think, if they think he can go out there and like run the offense, I mean, I, that's a low bar, but they, you know, and Brennan's like still banged up. It's like, all right, you know, we're not going to embarrass you out there, but if he's like completely incompetent, which I don't think is the case, but we've seen the drop off before, yeah. you know, going to backup quarterbacks. Um, it could be like a disaster, and it's like you know, the Matt Schaub to Amart situation. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, like, and it's like, all right, well, maybe we could just throw like it. Like, this is all can like if Brennan was not at an elevated risk for injury, and it's like he's only like sixty percent of himself, so he's not going to give you what he normally does. But it's way better than the alternative. But if they think Wolfolk is like good. Then it's like, well, maybe he is better than like fifty percent. I'm Brennan. I mean, I um, think about it almost in reverse of like, what if the situation was similar to Bryce Parkinson and where Armstrong was? Yeah, Bryce I was just was thinking there. about that. You yeah. know, like, would you have rather had Bryce Perkins at seventy percent versus Brennan Armstrong being green as he was? Right now, granted, Armstrong eventually became who he is, and Wolf Fulton very well, very well may do the same. Right, but he's not that today. Just like right. Brennan wasn't that when it, you know Bryce got hurt, he and we don't and know because we don't see practice. Like the right. coaches might have looked at that and been like, "Brennan's good, like he's a good backup," but right, like we exactly. don't know that. Right. <laughs> you know? And, and like I remember that game in Atlanta that year, and he came in. I mean, and you were like, "Oh, I mean, he was he and was he ready." Re- if nothing else, he ran the offense when he right. came in in those spots right. and like didn't look he didn't look like way out of place. Right, and you don't have um, to change things up. I mean, I, that's the thing about Schaub and Amart. Like I never, I, I, I don't remember like the specifics of like what the offense was and then it wasn't all I know is, is that if, if Brennan isn't, isn't playing, maybe the menu isn't the same just because of Wolf folks experience, but you know, the kid can, the, the kid can run the offense. I mean, he's, you know, he's a similar sort of player, right? They're not totally different. You know, you're not going from like, you know, dual threat to pro style. You know what I mean? Like you're, you, you've got a lot of the same elements in terms of, I mean, we saw that last year, (laughs) you know, exactly. Um, and the thing that gives me a little bit more confidence in him real quick is just that he won the job. Like he wasn't the guy that you would have expected to be the backup. Um, like it wasn't like he's the backup by default. Like he yeah, went yeah. out and like passed Arm- Armstead and Rodriguez. Yeah, he like chased a bunch of dudes off the position. <laughs> right. <laughs> you think about so it. So like, I mean, like he went out and kind of earned the backup job. So maybe right. that gives you a little bit more hope that he is something, you know. All right. So let's talk about Notre Dame. Um. Two quarterbacks, only one. Well, I don't want to say only one. Um, I was going to make a Highlander joke. Only one may um, exist at once or whatever. But, Dave, what do you expect Notre Dame to look like at quarterback? And does it matter? Like, does that fundamentally change to you who they are, depending on which guy gets gets the nod? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the quarterback matters a lot, other than the fact that when, when the running guy is in there, it it's a, it helps them in the numbers game. Um, That's the most Mike London thing you've ever said in your life, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> when the running guys um, in there, I love it. When they're running guys in there, um, but hey, look, they're good. I like they're how coaches game. act like they don't know what the guy's name yeah. is. They're yeah, like the, number that number yeah, five. Is that good number young four. Man. Yeah, that number 17. four. Yeah, you know that number um, seven. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, Notre Dame's really good. Their defense is they're physical. They're solid. Um, this is not the most elite Notre Dame. I don't know that they're as good as the one we played in 2019. Um, but 
they're still good. You know, they got they got a lot of dudes on that team. Um, but <laughs> they're beatable um, if Virginia's offense is clicking, and whether that's with Wolfuck or or Brennan Armstrong, um, I think they're a team that you know isn't isn't suited to have to score quick against a good defense. I'm not trying to be a <laughs> to make a joke, but you know if if Virginia's defense can play adequate, you know Notre Dame is not a quick strike offense as far as explosive, you know over the top plays. They're they're gonna most of their big plays tend to be running backs breaking free, which unfortunately we've seen a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say, are they uh, are they well equipped to score quick against a bad defense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. Like you know you, the way they the way they played this year, if you can get a big lead on them, that you know that. They're not really cut out to come back from that. But, look, they're Notre Dame. They've got a lot of athletes. They're, what, ninth in the playoff, I believe, um, top ten. It's going to be a tough ask, you know, but I think Virginia is like 3-0 and against ranked teams in the last three years or something at home. So um, another chance to, to make a statement. Um, not a game I would be absolutely shocked for Virginia to win just because of what we've seen from the offense. And I do think if there's one positive thing for Virginia's defense – is that Notre Dame doesn't run with tempo often. Like I've seen them do it a couple times, but it's not their go-to. Now they may change that after watching film of what tempo does to Virginia, but um, I do think, you know, communication issues have plagued the defense in addition to execution issues. Um, and the teams that kind of went slower, you know, think about Louisville during the comeback, they kind of went away from tempo and got a little more conservative. Virginia was able to communicate their you know, gap assignments and were able to stop them a little bit. So, that could be a plus for the defense. Um, but Brian Kelly's a pretty good offensive coach, so I would not be shocked to see them kind of run. Maybe not fast, but not not huddling kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, to, to Ferber's point just a second ago, we need to talk about where the defense is, right? Because I don't know. Um, now, it – it seemed to be him his own you know news to break, but Devontae Cross, his, his career seems to be done. Seems injury-related, though he doesn't specifically come out and say that. Um, either way, he, he he certainly is is saying you know his, his goodbyes on his uh, on his own social media. So one would assume that there will be no Devontae Cross for Virginia on Saturday. Um, it is injury-related. Um, yeah, yeah. The guy's I mean, supposed like, to yeah, get healthy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw Lee Dudley had said to him, "Get healthy." But so realistically, we we talked a lot on the show you guys weren't on about about you know what changes they could conceivably make in the in the bye week and um, wait you guys did a show last week yeah man it existed without us <laughs> all i mean it's crazy right um wait are you saying you didn't listen i'm, I'm offended um we can talk about that off there yeah <laughs> he's like i don't want to put you on blast um are you expecting Ferber actual legitimate changes in virginia's defense going into this game and Whichever way that answer goes, how does that impact your outlook for this thing? I sure hope so. I mean, I don't see how you can watch what they did against BYU and be like, everything's fine. Like, even if, all right, like, even if you're like, hey, like, this is, gives us the best chance to win, it's like, well, it's not, so maybe try something else. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. You had the extra week, so there's no excuse this week. You have to do something different. I don't know what that different thing is, Um because I'm not involved in the inner workings of what's going on. Like I can't look at the film and be like, Oh, this is a bad call or this is a bad assignment or this is bad tackling always. Um, I, but I think they, they clearly have had time for this game to try to do something. 
Um, emphasis this week has to be on defending the run, especially after BYU did, and especially given Kyron Williams, who's maybe the best running back they've seen, probably, um, which is kind of crazy. I mean, no disrespect to Tyler Tyler Algier, I believe his name is Algier. Algiers. Um, okay, sure. Um, we, we're not UVA doesn't play him again, so I don't have to say his name anymore. Um, and Ty Chandler obviously tore them up. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a tough ask, but they have to tackle well. They have to do all the fundamental things well. Um, but also, like, I think that they're going to have to do some different scheme things. There's nine games of film out there, nine games of them getting shredded. or Well, I guess that's not fair. Six games of them getting shredded, three games of them not. Um, like, Notre Dame will be well-equipped to exploit them if they come out and do the same thing they've been doing. So, if nothing else, you have to throw them a curveball. Um and, and try to throw them off their rhythm. Uh, the big thing for UVA, I mean, I feel like I just feel like we're beating a dead horse with this because like, and it's, it's not because we're wrong. It's just because the things haven't changed. So like they need to get more pressure on the quarterback. That's something that we say all the time. Um, they have to get teams off schedule. They have to create negative plays. Um, if they don't do that, you know, you saw that weight game, like they were in third and two, third and three, the whole game, like Notre Dame is going to do that to you. Um, and BYU really did it to them for the most part. I mean, they, they took chunks of yards on first and second down on the ground, and then they had makeable third downs. And UVA's defense isn't good enough to get off the field consistently on makeable third downs. Um, so they need to try to get teams behind the chains and try to figure something out. But And they maybe create a turnover or two, but a lot of that comes through pressure. So it all really starts up front. I think the front seven is going to have to do a really good job in this game against the run and against, you know, trying to create pressure because that's really their only way to kind of get through this, I think. I think the thing that, that has hung with me since the BYU game, it's not necessarily the, you know, the fact that BYU rang up, you know, so many yards, scored so many points, or that Virginia scored 49 and lost by 17, right? Um, what stuck with me is just the physicality of it all. And... I, 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 I don't know in watching Notre Dame that I've ever gotten the sense that they're just a really physical team, but I know, you know, they're running backs like they're you're going to have to put them on the ground. Right. There's no, you know, maybe the Algier kid, you know, he's a little bit of a difference because he's so damn big. Right. But <laughs> Williams is not small. You know what I mean? Like that's a that kid runs tough. And I think. You know, if this is a if this is a defense, either one going through some sort of schematic tweaks or changes or what, right? Maybe it's different guys playing different roles. Maybe it's uh, guys playing more. Uh, whatever those changes might be, it's going to be a challenge when you finally face a real, you know, a, you know, another team full of scholarship players. That's going to be tough. I mean, you're you know, you're not going to go in there and you know, oh gosh, guys, all we had to do was add you know some food color, and all of a sudden the the cake looks great. Right. Like it's not it's not as simple as just, you know, made some tweaks and you just came out there and everything's great. I think you're going to have to there's going to be some 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 real growing pains in this game. And realistically, you know, depending on whether Armstrong can or can't play and what the offense can and can't do, you know, you're asking the defense to not just, you know, change up midstream. I mean, even though they're coming off a bye week, but you're also asking them to do so against, you know, arguably the best running back they're going to see this season. Right. And that's been the issue. Right. Is It's the running game. Dave, what's your level of confidence before we get to picks? What's your level of confidence in Virginia's defense being able to to slow Notre Dame down enough, you know, in terms of its running game, to really give themselves a chance to win this game? Hmm. 
I'd say about the same as Virginia finding a second three-point shooter by Friday. Um, Throw that gauntlet down. And not, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, there's some guys on the bench who can shoot it, right? Um, Look, I don't have zero confidence they're going to be better. But, you know, at some point, you know, you are you are what your you are kind of who you says are. you are, right? Yeah, right. Um, now they have, they've got two shutouts, but you know it hasn't been pretty. And you know, like I said, it, it just Notre Dame is going to be a tall task for them, especially if you know. And it's it doesn't take a lot, you know. And I know Bronco kind of beats this drum, and people probably get tired of hearing it, but he's right. There were like six or seven plays in the BYU game that swung it. Um, Turnovers are hard to overcome. So Virginia can just force a turnover or two that, that with an offense like they have that changes the you know changes the uh, the dynamic of a game so much. Um, like I thought there was some stuff they did in the BYU game that was encouraging. Uh, I think it was like maybe early second quarter through through the half. They kind of they played a lot more press coverage, brought guys down in the box, kind of got more physical until they took the lead, and they kind of went back to where they went. So I'm hoping they go back and find some of that. And I think they have to against a team that's going to try to attack them the way Notre Dame does. You almost want a day or Notre Dame would throw the ball in the air. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so I, I have some confidence just because of the bye week, um, the self-scout, all that stuff. Um, and playing at home at night, like, you know, they're, they're a different animal there. Um, would I bet any money on it? Probably not. Now, real before we get real quick before we get to the to the picks, uh, I don't believe Lavelle Davis is going to play. I think the 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 this the the general sort of vibe that you got was that the zero bye, chance. The wow, okay, thank you. The bye week was the was the the most likely if it was going to happen sort of situation, right? I mean, but, didn't Bronco say on Monday that yes, he's done? Yes, I'm I'm not talking. This is not a this is not a segment about him. I'm, also, I'm, I like last week because I did listen to the pod. You oh, were like, we're not going to. We're like you're not you were like we're not going to speculate on injuries. That's not what we do. And then like two minutes later, you were like, "But Lavelle Davis could come back." <laughs> that's fair. That's a very that, uh, that's uh, I'm guilty as charged. Meanwhile, back at my actual point, so I'm I'm not so much worried about the status for Davis, or I'm also I'm more worried about or thinking about Central Cypress because I felt like they were not in a you know before he got hurt they were a little bit better off, and I feel like they've been worse since he got hurt. Now, if he's able to play, that obviously helps you out tremendously because you're already going to be down at least one DB because of Cross's uh, apparent injury. Um, I don't know if they, you know, I don't know, you're going to see like a five-two or whatever. I don't know what kind of scheme they're going to come out in or what they're trying going to try to do to to Notre Dame's running game. But it does it does seem interesting to me to see you know what their health situation is in the defensive backfield and who like are they going to basically lean on the same guys to to do the same stuff or are they going to ask some younger guys to get some more burn? That's the question. All right, Dave. In the preseason, you had Notre Dame winning this thing thirty four to twenty. How you feeling now? If I could find the mute button, I'd tell you. There you go. Um, <laughs> nice. Okay. I mean, I think. The more I, I think Virginia's going to score on them, um, whether they score late to kind of make it tight or or Notre Dame pulls away late. Um, I think it's going to be a little closer than I thought going into the season. And I think we can both we can all agree we're kind of going to make these picks based on Brennan playing, um, unless you want to do two sets of scores. But yeah, I'm going to assume Brennan is Brennan plays and you know at least a good chunk of the game. Um, I still like like I think. I was tempted to pick Virginia to win this one just to to be able to pound my chest if they pulled it off because um, I would not I would not be surprised if 
if they did. Um, the defense is due for some turnover luck. Um, you know, even if you're not forcing it, like sometimes the ball just bounces. They're they're due to kind of get a little break um, when the offense has been clicking, but I just can't quite pull the trigger. So I'm gonna I'll stick Notre Dame with 34, but I'm gonna give Virginia 31 in a close loss. Um, hopefully, the yeah, 34, 31. <laughs> Keep clicking that pin, Dave. Um, Ferber, in the uh, in the preseason, you had Notre Dame win at thirty one twenty four. What say you now? Um, yeah, same trouble with the mute button, by the way. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, like Dave kind of brought it up, like doing two different scores because I think, like, if if Brennan doesn't play, it's sort of an all bets are off situation where it's like the variety of different scores are probably all over the place because you could have a freshman quarterback that's just way over his head you know, and makes a bunch of mistakes and Notre Dame wins 45 to 10. Um, I think, you know, Brennan plays, I think hopefully he's healthy enough to kind of do what he normally does and they can keep the ball moving. I think UVA can score on them. Like I, I kind of think that North Carolina game a few weeks ago when they went out to South Bend is sort of the template for UVA to potentially win. Um, you just have to make a few more plays than Carolina did, but Carolina scored on them and moved the ball. You know, they gave up plenty of points too. So that kind of shows you Notre Dame can't score in those kind of games. Um, my thing is for UVA, it's just I don't see it with the defense. I, I think they're going to have a really hard time stopping the run. And if they do that throughout the game, it's going to be sort of like a BYU type um, result. I mean, I don't think it'll get that high scoring, but I think Notre Dame can play off of them trying to sell out to stop the run and, and throw the ball. And yeah, I, I don't think Notre Dame's like an elite passing team necessarily, but they have capable guys. Um, they have pretty good receivers. The one guy, Austin, Kevin Austin, I think his name is, he's really good. Um, they are missing one of their receivers who's out for the season, but they have a good tight end. Um, yeah, they can move the ball. My one thing with that gives me a little bit of uh, optimism is that Notre Dame's road performance has been kind of iffy. They've only played two road games. They went to overtime and beat Florida State, who was playing with the backup quarterback, the opener. And then they beat Tech by three in a game that I think they trailed by like nine or something with like three minutes left in the game. Yeah, Tech really exploded there at the end. Yeah, I forget what happened there, but yeah, they, they blew that one. Um, and those games, they haven't been on the road in like a month. So it'll be interesting to see how they play on the road, especially if UVA can put some pressure on them. If UVA falls behind like they did against BYU or some of these other games, they're they're not going to win. Like uh, Notre Dame's Notre Dame will not give up a lead like some of these other teams did. Um, I don't think so. I, I think they UVA has to come out of the gate, put pressure on them, and try to keep it. You know, keep Notre Dame on the back foot. So I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I think I think they're the better team. I think you know Brennan's injury kind of is just a wrinkle that I'm not. There's no reason for me to pick them not knowing his status. So um, I'll go Notre Dame. Notre Dame 38, UVA 24. Um, one thing I will say is that UVA's losses have all been by 17 points or more. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I don't They obviously could have lost to Miami or Louisville at the end there. It didn't. But um, it is worth noting that, like, when they lose, it kind of gets away from them a little bit. So, if you feel really good about Notre Dame, I would bet them uh, giving the points. If only, if only in the state of Virginia you could. Do I am that. not responsible for any gambling losses. Thank <laughs> this you. This did not come across as gambling advice. All right, in the preseason, yeah. Damon had it. Uh, <laughs> Send your complaints to add Damon Dillon. <laughs> there you go. Uh, in the preseason, he had it thirty-one twenty-seven. 
uh, in the preseason, I had at 31-24. I think my my thought process here is, I mean, I try not to go galaxy brain and be like, well, actually, you know, if Brennan plays, Notre Dame's going to be more up to, you know, whatever, but they'll sleep a little bit if it's Wolfhope. But um, I think realistically, Brennan's not going to play. I, I think in the final analysis, you know, if he's close, he's not going to be close enough. I mean, frankly, even if he was close, and maybe he plays and it's fine. And if you're listening to this in the future and that happened, don't at me. Um, but don't you just feel like if it was if if he tries to play, it'll be some weird Bronco stuff where it's like he comes in and then he goes out. You know, it's like even if he plays, it's not going to be like a real game. You know what I mean? Like it just it, that 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 reality where he just plays and he's just a normal quarterback. It doesn't seem realistic to me. What seems most likely if he plays is that you know he comes in on like first down, second down, and then it's like oh they got some weirdness you know and they're they're getting him in and off of the field. So which means he's never really a threat to run, which changes the dynamics. I almost feel like they'd be better off to just give you know who I'm guessing the the kid's gotten you know the full two weeks and everything. Um, but I, I I do think that we're gonna see some defensive changes. I think Virginia's gonna be in the game for a while. Um, even if it, even if Jay does play, um, I still think that that you know their skill position guys are good enough, um, you know, and the offense you know can hum along. I mean, Brendan certainly has been putting the putting the thing where it needed to be. Um, you're not going to score, you know, all the points you've been scoring if you don't have him. But I think they can still score some. So I'm going to actually stick with my my previous score. Thirty one twenty four feels about right. Uh, you know, they'll break that seventeen point streak again. Maybe he plays. Maybe he he's a normal quarterback. They, they give him the game, you know, it's a normal situation and we're, you know, I, I look like an idiot, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel like if, if he's close enough to play and he actually plays that they're going to be like, okay, well you just go play. You know, I feel like they're going to do some weirdness where you're, you know, you're getting Wolfolk in every fifth or sixth snap or some, something like that. And, um, you know, it just never feels, you know, um, cohesive, if that makes sense. So, all right. I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. We will be back next week to discuss, how it all went, obviously, Virginia basketball playing uh, Ferber's Radford squad on Friday night. Um, so we will no doubt be discussing that as well. Um, Ferber, who are you going to pull for in that game anyway? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> really thought about it. <laughs> That's not true, guys. We talked well, about Well, you know, normally, well, so normally, like, Radford has played UVA a few times. Um, normally, you don't expect it to be close. So you don't really have a lot of, like, sweat equity. You know, you're not like, oh, well, like, now I got to try to figure out like who I want to win. Cause it's not usually like about that. Right. You just want to see like both teams play well. Um, there was one game in the Lado years that I went to that Radford damn near beat them. I think they lost by like two. Um, and Radford made the tournament that year and that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, after last night, maybe Radford keeps it kind of close. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, they're in a sort of a transition with a new coach. Yeah, so true. True, I, true. I mean, I think it's, it's going to take time. All right. If you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs, um, and we appreciate that. Now, if you're somebody who found the pod but hasn't given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out capscorn.com. Let's see, you got a uh, breakdown of the recruiting class is signed today. Uh, Damon had a, a story on the growing pains that were on display last night against Navy. Um, he's got stuff from the coordinators and from Bronco about the Notre Dame matchups. That three two one setting it all up, um, and also he he caught up with an NFL scout to to talk a little bit about Armstrong and the way the NFL sees him and and them kind of paying attention. Damon also has it. I don't know if I'm am I can I spoil this? 
You know what? It's an hour into the podcast. Uh, Damon caught up with God. Is he going to get mad at me? I should have cleared this with him. All right, everybody, everybody, keep this to yourself, okay? But Damon caught up with sad UVA fan from the Notre Dame game all those years ago, and I don't know when he's running that thing. I think it's probably likely that it'll be like Thursday afternoon. Um, so hopefully by the time you listen to this, um, it's coming. But he talked to the kid for like 40 minutes or some nonsense. It's crazy. So uh, that's going to be a fun one. So definitely keep it locked to the website. Uh, I want to thank uh, MyPerfectFranchise.net for their support of the show and of the uh, website. So you can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. And uh, yeah, that'll do it. All right. Going to be an interesting few days. Um, I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate it. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Yeah.